By speaking with local creators, artists, and business professionals, Papercut aims to cut deep and demystify the Winnipeg creative industry with hometown heroes and hidden gems. Brought to you by the West End Cultural Center, the best place for over 30 years to see live music in Winnipeg. Welcome to Papercut Podcast. My name is Jared Goche. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk, and we're here with Osani Balkaran. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so yeah, my name is Osani Balkaran. I'm a hip-hop artist. I like to produce instrumentals. I like to make weird music. And this Friday, I'm releasing my first project. It's called Never Everville. I'm very excited. Cool. Congratulations. And you also work with Synonym as well? Yeah. So what's your position there? What type of work do you do with them? So I guess with Synonym, it's been very interesting and cool because I don't know what my position is, but I'm always (laughs) around. And whenever they need help doing something, I try to be there as much as possible. One year, I helped them with facilitating workshops with youth. That was really cool. And then some years, uh, yeah, some years I'm just kind of like around, I guess. I started working at Graffiti Gallery, which is which is an uh, organization around like hip-hop. And uh, they're really sort of close with Synonym. So when I worked at Graffiti Gallery, a lot of my work was with Synonym. And that was just to like help them like repaint their office. I guess at that point they didn't have their office. But it was to help them set up for events. And I really liked it. And then the following summer, I didn't work at stu- at uh, the at graffiti gallery, so I just kind of like yeah, kept going to the cinema events and yeah. So you have a release. Sorry, when did you say that was coming up right away? Uh, next my, week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about that project? So, I guess I started music when I was like around like thirteen or so. Um, and then I started, I started performing when I was like 14 or 15 and everyone, and I did like, uh, I did a pretty long set one time and then everyone was like, you gotta do a project. You should release a project. And I was like, I don't think I'm ready for it. So I learned how to, I learned how to mix and master. I went to mix and mastering courses for like a year and then everyone's like, all right, you're going to release a project. You should release a project. I was like, I'm still not ready. So then I uh, started making my own home studio. Like I built sound absorbers. I built sound diffusers. And everyone was like, all right, now you're going <laughs> to work on a project. I was like, all right, I think I'm going to do it now. So I've been working on this project for like a long time. It's only, it's you know, it's a few songs, but are a few like my very like my favorite songs, things that mean something to me. And I, it's just been preparing for so long. And, you know, throughout the process of the album, I feel like I learned a lot. Uh, I learned a lot about promotion. I didn't, I didn't do as much of that, but it was, it was cool. It was like, yeah, it was a cool learning experience. And along the way through making it, I just, um, yeah, I guess I learned a lot about promotion. And, like, I learned a lot about, because when I first started the project, like I said, it's been, like, a long time. So I performed a lot of shows. I got to meet like a lot of cool people. And at one point, I thought that I wanted a lot of like really big names on my record. But then I was like, you know what? I don't really want that. I just want my neighbors and my friends and the people that I like making music with. So it's just me and my friends on the record now. 
Yeah. Oh, so there's a lot of how many songs are on the record? Five. Five, and then are all of them collaborative songs? Like four of them are collaborative yeah, songs. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And that was recorded in your house. Yeah, that was recorded in my house. That's oh, incredible. Sure. So a, a lot of people. Well, I shouldn't say a lot of people, but there are some people who will just have the lyrics, and then they'll want to just step into a studio, have someone else take care of it yeah why was it so important for you to make sure you knew how to have those skills of mastering mixing producing and even having that space yeah that's a really good question i like answering that because uh <laughs> yeah it's, it's our job yeah. <laughs> it's cool too because i gotta think about it at the same time and i remember and yeah it's cool too because i kind of forget sometimes why i'm doing all this but when i first started out music there's like you can you can generally like with rapping you can rap over a beat that you find on YouTube because a lot of it's about the lyrics. But I was going through YouTube beats and I thought ah, I don't want to be the next J Cole. I don't want to sound like Kendrick Lamar. I don't want to sound like I, I just want to make weird music. My mom makes weird art, weird recycled art. That's like not weird, really cool recycled art. And it's I think that's where I get my sort of creativity from. I just. I wanted to stand out and I wanted to yeah, I wanted to be a little bit different than than what I hear. Whenever I, and you know my writing, so my first thing was the writing I did and I felt like that sounded a little different. And then I learned about producing cuz I wanted my beats to sound a little bit different and sound like sound like the lyrics match the beat. And then the mixing and mastering, I started I started liking that cuz I learned that mixing and mastering is like it's it's a really cool thing like there's ways you can mix and master it to make it sound more like gritty or like sound more uh you know lo-fi and then there's ways to mix and master it to sound i guess more like grand or have like a nice clean polished sound so it, it was really cool that way i could take something that's like take certain like instruments or take certain samples and then run them through different pieces of like gear and hardware and know what that's doing to the sound. Just learning like the process of sound is is pretty cool, and that can really change up your whole style and music. And that's uh, that's why I decided to learn each one of those steps was because I wanted to yeah be be good at them and do something, put my own flavor on each of them. That's so interesting. Yeah. And where did you learn all of this stuff? I learned so writing. I just learned. Um, I learned from going to Studio 393, which is the place that I work now. But there was a lot of people, there's instructors there, so that sort of helped me. And then producing, I learned just through just through doing. Like, I never learned how to play piano. I never learned how to play guitar. But uh, through, like, you know, through different people, uh, any, like, workshop that I saw happening around my neighborhood, anytime there was, like, an opportunity to learn more about producing, I just took it and... And then I guess, uh, yeah, I'm, the the beats turned out pretty sweet, which I liked. And then mixing and mastering was something that I that I learned at uh, Precursor uh, Studios, which is on Marion, I believe. And that was that was probably like a two-year course or something. So yeah, that was cool. So a lot of the stuff that you learned in the beginning stages were like workshops with other like other folks in your neighborhood so like who are some of the people that you grew up uh like writing with or making music with or making beats with that like are making like noise in the scene now um i guess like 
some of the instructors at Studio 393 was uh, Boogie the Beat. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Elliot, like Nestor Windrush, Pipskid, and Rob Crooks was there a couple times. DJ Kinetic, Charlie Feta was there. There was a lot of people there, but, you know, those are people that were sort of like like already doing things and yeah, yeah. already had experience with touring and, you know, already had experience with releasing music, which was really cool because that's what sort of kind of taught me or let me know that, oh, like, I could do this. I can actually make this into a career and, you know, find a, yeah, like, this is this is actually a job. But in terms of, like, people that were, like, starting around at the same time as me uh, and making noise now, I guess, like, people that I liked writing with was uh, my homie Tweo. My friend, uh, my friend Josh and Caden. Uh, I really like my friend Kenneth. You know, uh, I guess they don't really have their names out there that much right now because they got jobs and kids and all that stuff. <laughs> but it's it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. So what are you doing now at three nine three? Like, what's your job? Ah, uh, so I'm a music instructor, and. But I don't know. I don't know if I don't really like. I said I don't really know many instruments, so I just I think I just try to help out in whatever way I can. Um, like with music, uh, I just try to you know if someone wants to record something, I help them set that up and show them how to do that. So when they come in, they can just like you know get on a computer and do what they need to do. Sometimes, sometimes people are there and they don't really want to make music. They just want to hang out and and chat and so I'll do that too you know uh, I don't know if that's like part of my job but I think it's <laughs> good to just hang out with people sometimes and and listen yeah uh, do a lot of listen and yeah and then yeah sometimes people want to produce so I help them with that some people want to use the MPC so yeah that's my favorite thing too is like when someone wants to use something and they're like how do you use it I'm like I actually don't really know so then I spend like a week or I spend like two weeks there just like fiddling like with one thing like the TR-909 was something that someone wanted to use. So it's like a drum machine, like a drum sequencer. And I didn't really know how to use it, but they said they wanted to use it. So then I uh, spent two weeks there just like fiddling around really hard and like looking at manuals on the internet. And then, yeah, and then they came back and I just showed them that how to like, yeah, make a beat and and all that stuff because uh, it's like it's a little bit hard you know with the manual and stuff sometimes because i think that when it comes to like electronic instruments it's a really specific set of like language and if you're going in there and you just want to use something and and you know you haven't heard those like words before then it can become a little bit hard or like it can be way harder than it needs to be so i figure since i took the mixing mastering course i know like a lot of this stuff so i can just do it and then you know Show and then show someone how to use it using like actual human regular language. Yeah, yeah. totally. And so the technical speak sometimes can be a little bit, a little bit much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I imagine those people don't have like the people that are coming into those workshops don't have the type of time to like. Yeah. Sit down and learn like a whole thing and figure out after all that time I don't really like it anyways. Yeah. Or you know, like. Yeah. But now you have that skill too. Yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah, and like when you're learning stuff like this or learning different machines is there anything that you're like oh i can use this for me like like where you figure out like you learn that drum machine and say like oh I, this would fit in this song or something like that do you oh that happen? 
Yeah, totally. Yeah, sometimes yeah, I'll look at like a drum machine or like there's be like an instrument of some sort, and I'm like, oh yeah, I could definitely use that in a beat. Uh, sometimes I hear like some sometimes I see people doing like field recordings. I'm like, oh, I can always. Yeah, it's it's cool. Anytime I learn something, I always try to figure out how I can use it because you know it's there. Why not use it? Except for guitar, that's the only thing that I just <laughs> haven't. Like I keep the thing with guitars, I keep trying to want to learn, and then uh, I keep I uh, maybe do like a week on end that I'll like try to play it, and then at the end of the week, it's just like I uh, know it just I know it doesn't interest me as much. But electronic instruments like drum machines and. Um, uh, this cowbell that I found, stuff like that, just <laughs> random stuff I really like, and yeah, I'm always yeah. trying to figure out how to use it. Yeah, what's your favorite piece of equipment to use? Synthesizers. I love synthesis. My favorite synthesizer, though, is this synthesizer called the Korg MS-20, because thing was, like, uh, I, I got a Moog and I got a Roland, but they're, like, so clean, and, you know, all this stuff that you hear on there is really cool that it's clean, but all the stuff you hear on there sounds like something that you've heard like a lot and but with the Korg MS-20 it's like so gritty and uh it has this weird white noise that you just can't get rid of it doesn't sound like a lot of things that are used everywhere so yeah. can we hear that on the album that's coming out yeah yeah it's actually um I made the single called Not Not a Terrorist which is on like Spotify and all streaming services uh shameless plug shameless plug but, uh, <laughs> that one uh that one I did all with the Korg MS-20 like um I made the drums with the Korg MS-20, so I used the white noise on there, and then I just like uh, filtered it, and it made like a sound. So I did the drums with that, and then I had a guitar in there. I had a guitar in that song. I played the guitar, so you can really tell it's played by an amateur. <laughs> but uh, I played it, and then I ran the guitar through the synthesizer, and then uh, yeah, and then put it on the put it on the song. Yeah, it was cool. It was like a weird experimental song that I that I was experimenting with. Yeah. yeah. So, what kind of uh, lyrical content, or like, what are some of these songs about? Like, what are your, what's your message with this record album? I guess um, my uh, my I don't know if I had one sort of message because, like I said, it's been uh, it's been made for like you know like five years of my life, so. You know, some songs are dealing with my mental health, and then some songs, you know, in that, like, five or, like, six years that I made this record, I changed so much as a person. Before, you know, some, some of the, one of the songs about my sobriety and how that, like, sort of played into life, and then one of the songs is with my friend Kenneth, and that one's about, so, that's about, like, where we are now and how, you know, we're thankful that our parents... Our great, our grandparents went through everything they did, you know, for us to get here. You know, like Kenneth, he, uh, mommy's Nicaraguan, so Nicaragua has a, like a complex history. And my my family is Guyanese, so they came from East India, went to Guyana, and were slaves like for sugarcane. But I was thankful that all that brought me here. So a lot of the songs are just, you know, it's like a, I feel like it's like a collage of you know of like of then and now and it's uh just about you know sometimes it doesn't feel sometimes it doesn't feel like you can't always be like pumped but it's like sort of this like really uh this, this message just about sort of just getting through it you know keep grinding away and 
I, I know something good will ever come from it, but I hope something good happens. But, you, you know, you just got to keep grinding away for the people you love and for yourself, I think, sometimes. Wow. That's a yeah. fantastic message. Well, thanks. So yeah. will you be releasing this, like, uh, having a show or something for this yeah. album? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm doing a show with, uh, with Cinnam, which I thought was pretty cool because I really like the work they did and I like the murals. And because I've like been involved with them for such a like a while, you know, some of my first rap shows were actually with Synonym, which is cool. Like my first rap show that I saw was, at, my first rap show that I saw was Slingshot Hip Hop. That was with my mom, but you know, for a while I didn't go to a lot of rap shows because I was too young. So like my first rap show, going with my friends and like having like a really great time and stuff, was uh, at a three P concert at this uh, place called uh, Foot Locker. No, no, it wasn't Foot Locker. It was, um, I can't remember. It was an old store in downtown, but it was it was cool. It was like in a store, it was in a shop. And I thought that was, I thought that was sick. And uh, Chloe, Chloe and Andrew helped get me into that show. And so, yeah, so I thought that was cool. It was like, you know, one of my first sort of times going to a rap show with my friends was with Synonym. And now I get to, Release my record with Sinem, which is pretty cool. It's full circle. Yeah, yeah full is circle. Is that part of the Wall to Wall Festival? Yeah. So will there be art happening at the show, or how does how does the music and art interact with each other during Wall to Wall? So, I did these. So, like I said, my record was about my mental health, and it was about you know everything that sort of brought me here. So I had um. So I did these like sort of like interviews about um, about other people of color, what their mental health's about, and then I, and then we did like, and then yeah, we did art piece or we did some art around it. So, we, uh, so I pretty much have like all that data and stored into one place, and then yeah, I can f- yeah figure out how to put it there. But it's also um, there's gonna be some visuals there at the at the show. Um, yeah, the yeah, because Walto like Sinem does art, but they also have Walto Wall Festival, which is like they have art and they have music, so it's it's pretty cool. It's like they do a bit of both and yeah, yeah. Walto Wall is like a mural festival. Yeah, that also does right. music yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that's too. so crazy that it's like a whole like month worth of like yeah, there's something to do every day. You could just yeah. like check it out or. They just like put up a brand new one in Wolsey or whatever. That's just like so beautiful. Yeah, There's so, so much cool. stuff going on. Yeah, almost every day I drive by the the one on Main Street. Yeah, uh, right under the bridge yeah. by Higgins. It's so beautiful. That whole like, like I think it's a hotel. Yeah. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that are just so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so like cool. revitalizing so yeah. many amazing things. What an interesting way to release music, though. Like you, you, you see a lot of people who have you know maybe a show you know, at a small coffee shop or something, but to be able to release your music with, like, such a cool concept uh, surrounding it, like, yeah, that's exciting. I, I'm excited. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, so would you say your um, work with Synonym or your exposure to Synonym and, like, say that 3 Pete show <laughs> and all that, like, has um, influenced your music or the way you create in any way? Yeah, totally. When I, the way I create is, I try to, you know, I try to do with the the most I can with what I have, and that's what I see when I see like uh, see Synonym and Three Peters. They always keep it moving, and they keep it, you know, they always keep it like yeah, they keep it sounding really nice and 
they have like it's cool. I don't know. Cinema has an aesthetic, and I really like that. They always like they're always aiming for aesthetic. It's really cool. like after all the events they have, they always have these lights, and uh, you know they're always pulling out all the stops and making sure everyone's dressed like nice. I thought that was cool. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like kind of how I go into the record is I make sure that all of it like sounds cohesive, but also sounds like sounds different and. It has like a theme and there's like a start to finish. So all that, yeah, being exposed to all that rap and all that artwork and all the, and, you know, being exposed to like what you can, what you can do with the people around you is like, yeah, that's exact. Cause yeah, even 3P, you know, they, uh, they work with, they were, you know, they were all like friends and stuff and yeah, they, they make music people they like. So I thought that was cool. Same with, uh. And then sending them to all their volunteers are their, like, friends and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Or, like, a lot of their volunteers are their friends. And, um, yeah, that's just the way I made the record was just with my friends. <laughs> yeah. I want to go back to something that you were talking about earlier, which is your mom. Yeah. Who's an artist. Yeah. And what kind of art she makes because, like you said, um, her art is a little bit... Uh, off the beaten path just like your yeah. music is a little bit off the beaten path and I just want to know about like the relationship between um, being exposed to that type of art and how you're making that art now yeah so um, my mom makes recycled art so she like makes like installation art out of recycled material um, she has these sort of she has like wheels that look like like lollipops but they're like swirly and they're like yarned and uses like bottle caps to make them and then she has this um i guess it's like chandelier looking thing but it's like all these like plastic bottles and then they're cut into spirals and then they're all different colors so it's like it's, it reminds me of a beetle record like, <laughs> we're just rem- sitting right next to yeah you. <laughs> it reminds me of a cover of beetle record it's so cool <laughs> and yeah. my mom does that all out of recycled material and you know being around that because yeah being around that I'll, because my mom was indigenous and um you know i said i said so how come your art doesn't look like other as indigenous art my mom said it is indigenous art i'm an indigenous person making art and you know it's recycled the reason why it's recycled is because because you know it's part of like you know looking out for the environment and everything we do has to be reused and so that's what my mom was doing that art you know there's like an underlying sort of like topic around it and I you know my mom's sort of like ability to go out there put herself out in the world and um not give a hoot like what people think but do it do the things that she love is like why I make the music that I like you know it just you gotta you gotta do the things you like and put your own flair on it sometimes. And that was yeah, watching my mom do that really inspired me. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really cool to see like so does she keep the pieces or is it normally just for like an installation here or there? Yeah, we usually keep the pieces. Our lawn's trippy. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she keeps the pieces, you know. She got she did an art piece at UFW Roll Call, which was pretty sweet. It was, oh, like, yeah. right beside the stage. It was, like, really colorful. Um, if you look at photos, you'd probably see it. And, yeah, we'll uh, keep an eye over Yeah, it. yeah, we always... So, yeah, we usually keep the art, or sometimes uh, sometimes the place wants it and keeps it, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, that's so yeah, cool. That'd be really cool. 
So uh, we're releasing this on tomorrow, so I don't cool. think we talked about the date and time of your show. Yeah. So if you yeah, let us know. When is your show? Uh, so my show's on September 13th, Friday, full moon. It's uh, going to be uh, released at, or I'm going to do the show at 218 Roslyn. Um, it's called The Ballroom. It's going to be uh, $10 to, to get in, and uh, I think the show starts at 8. Sweet. Ballroom. I've never heard of that. And is I've that never a venue? Yeah. Is that a have venue? Have you been there before? Yeah, I've been there before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have so many questions. Yeah, we're learning about this place. Is, yeah. is it far, like, down? Oh, no, I know where it is. Big fun. It's like that big, yeah, 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 yeah like a big mansion. Yeah. It's a mansion. There's a, there's a couple of big houses on Roswell, But it's right? like a venue one. Is it, is it... So say I'm I'm going towards the bridge. I'm taking a right on Roslyn, kind no, of by the left on Roslyn. A left, okay. So I'm passing the gas station and going up a little bit. Exactly. Further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like a mansion there that yeah. there was like shows for big fun at. I think Alice yeah. was playing there. So essentially, you're playing the coolest venue. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You got the sweetest spot. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. Awesome. <laughs> like I said, I want it to be different. Yeah. 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 So. Now that you're going to be releasing this into the wild, yeah, where, where is somewhere in the city you would like to play? Um, that's on your bucket list. That's on my bucket list. Yeah, in the city that I'd like to play, that's it's really hard to say. I've I don't know. I just feel like I've, I've like I'm I don't know. I, I've been like like I said. I've been performing since I was like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, so yeah. I got to play at the Goodwill a ton of times, which is really sick. I got to. You know, I got to play a lot of venues, but something that, I don't know, you know, just to go big, uh, MTS Center, that'd be sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make it happen. Gotta go yeah, big, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You already got the ballroom, so, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. The Burt will be after, and then MTS. <laughs> no, skip the Burt. Yeah, yeah. That's the goal, right? Yeah. yeah, I see a lot of out-of-town comes comes in on the Burt. Like, I don't see a lot of people, like, in town going, like, a lot of rappers, like, from the city go to the Burt and coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can you can convert it. You can be the first one. Yeah, it's cool, guys. It's cool. The thing is, they they have the seats there, so you yeah. can't stand. Yeah. And like you, sitting at a hip hop show, it's like yeah, or it's like the point? Like, fifty people on the floor get to go up. And yeah, exactly. Then like if you have to go to the washroom, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You need yeah. to just get the chairs out of the bird. Yeah, sending them next year. That will be their project. Yeah. yeah. Next wall to wall, get the, all the seats out of the bird. I already got the idea. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I like I like big shows, but my favorite are small shows. Those are really fun yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so sweet. Yeah. So, what's some of the stuff that's coming up with like Studio Three Nine Three, like interesting things, or maybe like mm. some folks who want to get involved in the same way that you were? Like, how do you make those like excitements and passions into something that's like where you are now? Um, it's pretty cool. Like, ah, uh, that's uh, Studio Three Nine Three. You know, you just kind of like figure you, you uh you know, you always you're always taking chances. You're always, for, I guess, what's coming up for Studio Three Nine Three first is uh, Cartel Madras. They're coming into the city, and Three Nine Three had an MC and a producer send them beats. So they're gonna do a song with Cartel Madras, which is a group from Calgary, moved to Toronto, and they're on a on the come up right now. So it's pretty cool. And then 393 is going to have our showcase in October, showing some of the new artists that are coming out from the program. Um, 
But I guess like in like yeah, it's um, Can right we talk now. about the show quickly? Yeah. Sorry. So like in October, you said three nine three has a show. So yeah. is that all the people that have been working, like going to the workshops and like all yeah that throughout the year? Yeah, throughout the year, that's like yeah the people that have been yeah exactly going to the workshops, all the like new artists that yeah sort of like that we see you know a lot of really cool sort of like stuff coming from having form on stage on uh for some yeah um on like in october i can't remember the date exactly yeah we'll figure it out yeah. we'll put it up yeah. that's cool yeah but it's yeah it's gonna be sweet you know a lot of them are, are really excited and want to play shows so yeah. hopefully it'll be like a good sort of time to get them playing more and yeah um so were one of your first shows like a, a 393 show or was that not yeah my first show was like my first rap show because before that um I like to perform comedy when I was like ten or so. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was like uh, I don't know being ten years old was pretty sweet because sweet, you can make anyone laugh no matter what. Yeah, yeah. But uh, when I was when I was thirteen or so, I played my first show at a event called Freestyle. So it was a one week workshop because I was getting into hip hop and I took this one week workshop and you go, you make art or you make rap. And then at the end of the week, you wrap it on stage in front of your family. So I uh, I made my first rap there. And then at the end of the week, I was getting uh, ready to to do my first rap. And it's pretty sweet. Uh, you know, I memorized lyrics. It was like, it was very short. It was what you'd expect from like 12-year-olds for the first time. And uh, I felt really good about it. And I went up to my mom. I said, Mom, did I do good? She said, Osani, you did great. I said, I said, hey, Aviva, did I do good? She said, Osani, you did amazing. I want to see you do this more. And then my auntie was there. But my auntie, like, she heard rap show and she just got tanked. And I said, <laughs> I said, auntie, did I do good? She said, you think you're so good, don't you? And I was like, damn. And I never fished for compliments after that. <laughs> That was kind of like a side story, but... <laughs> but that do you was remember some of the... Like, do you remember that rap or any of it? Um... No. <laughs> no, no, I just yeah. remember the chorus from it. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. It Can was like... Bit? Put you on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was like, I'm in a conundrum. Dum-dum. Can't function. I'm in a conundrum. Dum-dum. Confusion. <laughs> And Andy didn't like it. Ah, no, Andy just. My auntie was like, "R.I.P." But my auntie was, um, she was kind of funny. You could go to her with uh, like a report card that had like F's, and she'd be like, "Ah, oh, you couldn't do better." And then you could go to a report card with like all A's, and she's like, "Oh, you think you're better than me?" Oh no! So there was like no way that you can make her happy. And we gave her a couple drinks that just got amplified by like a hundred. <laughs> yeah, he's ready to grab the mic. Yeah, yeah. She's like, "Let me show you yeah, yeah, what good rap is." That's so funny. Um, but yeah, what's happening at three nine three? We're doing the cartel madras, and then we're also doing. Uh, U of M, or we're doing our own podcast called This Is 393. So this is pretty sweet to be on a podcast because uh, usually I'm at 393 and we're interviewing other people. So you you do the interviews? Sometimes I do the interviews. Sometimes I sit back. I do the computer. And then uh, sometimes uh, sometimes we're trying to have like live show podcasts because we have the speakers there. So sometimes I'll be like the sound person. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, so what kind of... Trades. What kind of guests do you have coming through? 
Um, we try to have at least like three or four guests each uh, time we do it, and usually we try to focus it around music or someone that's in the music industry. And if not that, then we usually just have like art artists and um, people that like art come in and talk about their art. <laughs> yeah, sick. You're like our our sister podcast. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. And who are some of the other people that are like doing the interviews? Um, so my friend Josh is doing the interviews. Uh, Kenneth. Um, yeah, and then um, friend Sapphire. There, uh, yeah, it was just like we take turns being the interviewer. Sometimes we'll be like four people interviewing someone at once, which is fun. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, cool. yeah. Nice. But we like to take turns, and um, there's like you know the thing is because three nine three is a drop in. Sometimes you'll have people that come in for the day, and you'll ask them, "Hey, do you want to learn how to interview?" And then they'll be the person interviewing the guests, so you can you never know who's going to be the interviewer. Oh, that's so that's cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get it mix mix it up. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure there's people that are just tired of hearing us. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, they, we should. But we have yeah, yeah. We should have guest hosts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what? You could take it over. Yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty dope. Yeah, cool. save us, save yeah. us a couple hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just uh, don't get me to edit. <laughs> Ums and ahs. Oh, those are the hardest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I think <laughs> so congratulations on the record. Thank yeah, you. congratulations. Thanks. And, yeah, that's amazing. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you so much. Thank you yeah, so much. For and thank, thank you, you for, for cutting, cutting deep with us on Paper, Paper Cup, Cup Podcast. Podcast. Thanks. Sweet. This is awesome.